And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Brad Dacus, president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. Brad, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a privilege to be on the program. Thank you, Dan. The other day, an uh, email came across, and your group reached out and said, would you like to have an interview? And it looked really good. So here we are. We're <laughs> having our interview. And um, to get us started, uh, could you tell us a little bit, what is Pacific Justice Institute? Well, Pacific Justice Institute is a nonprofit uh, 501c3 legal defense organization that defends religious freedom, parental rights, the sanctity of human life, all without charge. And what sort of makes us unique, actually very unique, is that uh, we work hard. We don't just cherry pick a few high profile cases. Uh, we work hard to make sure that everyone gets help, that no one's left on the side of the road when it comes to religious freedom, parents' rights against the government, the sanctity of all human life. Uh, we do it all without charge. And we're also unique in that we have a very large uh, network of attorneys and law offices across the country, uh, including 30, uh, 32 offices in 24 states, coast to coast. Well, that is impressive. Um, I've often felt that we just need more Christian lawyers um, to represent Christians uh, they're not available nearly as much, and oftentimes uh, we're just a small guy. We we don't have enough money hardly to send our kids to school or to buy enough homeschool supplies or whatever many times, uh, and to hire an attorney just bankrupts us if one is needed. You hope one isn't needed, but sometimes it is. Um, do people... Uh, appreciate, I'm stating the obvious, asking the obvious, do they appreciate you guys? Oh, they certainly do, because as you said, I mean, there, there's no place for them to go for help on their, and on their own. You know, parents who have social workers threatening to take their kids uh, unjustifiably, they have nowhere to turn. They can't afford a large law firm. Uh, so an employee in the workplace who's being fired because of their religious convictions and, uh, and, and character, you know, they have no place to go. Uh, a small church um, or a home Bible study, uh, you know, they can't right. afford a large law firm to come in. So that's what we do. Uh, we make sure that no one is left on the side of the road at PJI, and uh, we have great resources as well, free resources from, uh, you know, face in the workplace for business owners to train them on how they can legally evangelize uh, to uh, a free book they can download on how to legally evangelize public schools. Um, and that's all av- available online. We have opt-out forms to help protect kids in public schools, um, as well as an article, uh, 12 Steps to Protect Your Children from CPS or Social Workers. Uh, very, very valuable, substantive information. Uh, and, of course, we also have information in detail about uh, people in the workplace on how to deal with uh, the you know, COVID-19 vaccine mandates and mm. what to do if they have a sincere religious conviction uh, to uh, to not take the vaccine, uh, we're here to serve uh, each and every one of those individuals, and we're doing so uh, right now around the country. In fact, we have about a hundred cases, and some of these cases have, um, you know, like the one against the city of San Francisco, has 
uh, over a thousand employees that we're representing uh, in a lawsuit against the city of San Francisco for firing these these people of faith because their strong conviction not to take a very controversial um, uh, COVID nineteen vaccination. Absolutely, yes. Um, so much that we could ask um, to get us started. You mentioned an opt-out form uh, for those who are still in the public school. What is that form all about? Yeah, and, and by the way, we, we've customized it for each of the states. So there's one we have customized for California, one specifically for New York. And what it does is it empowers parents to, uh, to opt their child out of uh, different kinds of curriculum and materials and questions and programs that violate their beliefs, their conscience, uh, for, for their child. Uh, and so it's customized for not just what the federal law allows for protection for parental rights, but also uh, with regards to what the state specifically allows. And uh, that's uh, very important. States have uh, case law. They have, as well as state statutes, they give parents a specific kinds of protection. Now, for example, like in New York, uh, the, the New York Supreme Court uh, once held that uh, parents have a right to opt their child um, out of any non-academic, uh, you know, kinds of instructions. Mm-hmm. So dealing with all kinds of, you know, radical, social, LGBTQ propaganda, whatever. Uh, Texas, based on that state Supreme Court decision, uh, gives uh, parents some unique rights that are not respected necessarily in other states. Uh, so I tell parents, you know, just because a state may seem on, on the, uh, overall not very friendly to parental rights, sometimes that state will have some gold nuggets that we're able to pull and put into these opt-out forms to, uh, to shore up parents' protections. Of course, you know, we also help churches start homeschool co-ops for parents who just say, hey, we've got to take our kids out of public schools. Uh, we, we may enable churches to, who don't, may not have a private school but just how to get together a, a co-op of homeschoolers that uh, can make sense, and we provide different models and ways of doing that, and we've been pushing that out all across the country, and we help, of course, churches and others all without charge, always. Yeah, that's a big deal here, um, without charge. Now, somehow people have to get paid for their time, for their work, uh, all the investments coming from you to them, um, so how do you um, how do you raise money to to pay for all this? Well, it's we don't get any from the government. Um, praise we don't get praise any God! From, yes, uh, George Soros for some reason doesn't favor us, so we don't get any from him <laughs> um, for obvious reasons. But we you know we get uh, funding from moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. A uh, growing number of churches are adding us to their mission, uh, you know, support base. Oh, good. Um, and um, and then you know there's some sometimes it's a business owner of a a business who's a Christian business owner and loves what we're doing to help um, the Christian business owners stand up against uh, a lot of the tyranny that they're having to face uh, because of their faith or convictions. Um, so, uh, but it's usually it's moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, and and uh, private entities that you know that, that uh, want to become a part of it. And you know it's interesting is that people. You know, we, we, we love the support of any amount, and uh, people can become a part of our, our uh, monthly, it's our freedom campaign, where they just, maybe just give $10 a month, you know, automatically. That alone is huge. It is. Especially, 
especially for our New York, because we, we now have uh, three uh, offices there in New York uh, with attorneys that we work with on a regular basis uh, to defend uh, people in New York. And, in fact, I'm going to be, uh, things are moving so hot in New York, I'm going to be flying out there uh, in early September to have a number of speaking engagements. And uh, if people would like to learn more about that, they can just contact us on our website, and we'll be happy to give them that information. We're still uh, putting it all together uh, but uh, I really look forward to uh, to coming out there to New York and um, touching base with uh, individuals and, and further finding out how we can serve them even more uh, to defend their religious freedom, their yeah. parental rights, the sanctity of life. What I appreciate is that you look at each individual state and you apparently have experts um, that cover each state, so they're familiar with the nuances of, in our case, New York, or yours, California, or, um, you know, we have station, a station in Maryland, another one in Virginia, one in New Jersey. So presumably there's lawyers that, that get involved in, in those various states, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, we have an office in Maryland, we have an office in New Jersey, um, and uh, we have uh, attorneys there in Virginia uh, that work with us on cases, and uh, um, North Carolina, I mean, uh, you know, all around uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, attorneys and, and, and law offices all across the country, uh, Delaware, so um, people should never hesitate to contact us. Uh, we have the largest footprint, by God's grace, of any organization in the country as far as offices all over the country. No one has <laughs> this kind of a game plan, and it's because our our game plan is different. Ours is to make sure that everyone gets help. So if we're just going to take on a few high-profile cases, we wouldn't, of course we wouldn't do that. But each of these offices are there because we have so many requests for help, we had no choice but to open an office. Now, before we go any further, uh, we're talking with Brad Dacus, president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. If someone wants to look you guys up, even while we're having this discussion, what is the website, Brad? Sure. The website is simply pji.org. P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute.org. pji.org. Or they can put in pacificjustice.org, and that'll get them there as well. They both work, yes. I know, because I tried it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What about, um, you represent a lot of people. Uh, by the way, how many cases do you have active right now? Oh, we have uh, 215 cases in active litigation, mm. uh, last count. Uh, and that number is increasing, not decreasing. Uh, these are cases all over the country, and um, we expect the number to continue to grow and grow um, as we continue to, uh, to meet the needs of individuals and um, churches and people of faith. Yeah. Well, sometimes people get very discouraged. They don't know where to turn. Uh, They have almost no funding. They don't know the law. And all of a sudden, they're being sued or whatever. Their rights are being denied, their their free speech rights or or their parents' rights. You know, they they own their... (laughs) It's our children. And and the state, like, they, they act like they own our children or maybe a sanctity of life and... This is the, a wonderful resource for you, dear listener, 
Pacific Justice Institute, and we're talking with the founder and president today, Brad Dacus. What about a larger case? Um, Is there one in particular that stands out to you, Brad, that you guys worked on and and were successful? Oh, yes. Uh, We've had a a number of major cases. I think one of the the biggest, though, was fairly recently. It was when all the uh, the churches and synagogues were all shut down. And then uh, shortly after that, uh, states that were more uh, friendly to people of faith, like Texas, Florida, Tennessee, you know, they started opening up and saying, "Okay, people can go back to church." Sure. But then we, but then we had states like New York, California, Illinois, um, that were, you know, Washington, Oregon, uh, New Jersey, that were are much more hostile. Maryland, much more hostile to people of faith, and less uh, and more discriminatory. When they said, "Okay, uh, restaurants." Uh, Home Depots, you guys open up. Uh, strip clubs, you open up. Uh, but churches, you stay shut down. Yes. That was outrageous. It, that was it maddening. Was- I could not believe what our governor was doing, what he allowed. Um, it, right. And it drove me nuts seeing that. And, we, you know, we're right. in New York, and so, you know, we had to kind of comply and, and do whatever we could in order to have worship. And the, the state has no right telling us not to worship or determining how we worship and it was it was very upsetting yeah it, it was it was very upsetting and very uh, t- t- tragic violation of, of our fundamental rights right well, we at Pacific justice were very strategic uh, we saw the, the the proper timing when we saw that great disparity starting to open up in these blue states so what we did at PJI is we filed a major lawsuit in federal court we didn't. Uh, we did not prevail. So we then we appealed it to the, the Ninth Circuit. Uh, we did not prevail, and it was against the state of California and the governor Gavin Newsom to order him to stop the tyranny and open up the churches and synagogues. We then appealed it to the U.S. Supreme Court with an emergency writ. They took it up, and in just three days, and great things happen in three days, but in just three <laughs> days, the Supreme Court, with a vote of six to three ordered California Governor Gavin Newsom, open those churches now. And he did. And it sent ripples of impact across the country to other governors of intolerant uh, states like Oregon and Washington and New York and others, saying uh, they better uh, stop the tyranny immediately. And it started the whole pushback that uh, our nation has now been benefited from that will hopefully prevent it from happening again in the future. But if it does, people can be assured that we at PJI, we have the ground game, and we'll, we'll, we'll tackle it anywhere it erupts where churches are shut down and uh, other businesses are allowed to stay open. Now, today we're talking with Brad Dacus, the founder of PJI. And again, if someone wants to contact you, maybe they didn't know that you guys existed, and they have a severe case that's been troubling them, they're losing sleep at night, they need help from from fellow Christians, uh, what's the web address uh, again? Certainly. It's uh, pji.org, P for Pacific, J for Justice, I for Institute, uh, dot O-R-G. And you know, we handle these kind of cases all without charge. But let's say someone has like a, a, a personal injury case or a di- uh, divorce issue or something else that's unrelated to what we handle, they can still go to our website, and we have there a, an attorney referral uh, list that they can uh, cl- you know, uh, put in their, their state, their area of law, they're in, you know, in need of assistance, and it will often give 
uh, attorneys that can assist them that you know for uh, in a private capacity. Um, but uh, we at PGI do all of our work without charge, dealing with religious freedom, parents' rights, and uh, the sanctity of human life. Uh, we're very broad, and um, you know we. Uh, in fact, I also do a lot of uh, guest speaking, a lot of guest preaching. I'm uh, commissioned, ordained for ministry, and so I preach straight from the word Good. and uh, expository. And I love preaching, and I I literally will fly to any church anywhere in the country to preach from the Word, and I love seeing people come to Jesus at the end of a service. Uh, God's mm. given me the gift of evangelism, and um, I love to see how the Holy Spirit moves uh, to uh, to reach out to people to come to Christ. So uh, that's a, uh, and I, it's across all denominational lines, um, you know, so it's a, it's a real joy to do that, and I do that all without charge, and uh, no honorarium, no love offering. Uh, I just did something on my heart, and I just uh, I love to do. I love preaching the word uh, <laughs> almost as I, actually I love it more than than suing. Uh, how's that? So, <laughs> From a lawyer, so, that's um, pretty powerful. <laughs> for, yeah, I, I, I say it sort of tongue in cheek, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean because I, I love to sue Planned Parenthood. We love taking them down, but um, I love preaching the word <laughs> and, and, and seeing people come to Jesus even more. I'm looking at your website and. Um, there's a pop-up reserve a PJI speaker, so it looks like you guys um, like to talk to others and speak at events and churches and whatnot. And there's also attorney bios, so people can look at the folks that are working with you and get to know them just a little bit by reading their bio. Um, what is a question that people have in the back of their minds that finally comes out that kind of haunts them as they come to you and and are, are seeking help, perhaps? Uh, that often comes to mind. Um, I think, well, a, a common one is, well, there's, there's a number, I'll just give several here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is they say, you know, a social worker has contacted us and is investigating our family. We don't know what happened. We don't know why. You know, maybe a neighbor heard one of the kids, you know, yelling or, Sure. Uh, you know, we don't know. We don't know what to do, um, and and they're baffled. So that's a common one, and we give them immediate emergency uh, instruction, and we Good. have them go pick up our that website. Go to our website to get that very important article. Every parent and family in America should have that article on hand at all times, and every all our resources are free, so there's no reason they shouldn't have it um, to protect their, their their children and family. Uh, it's a myth has it that you know only people who have their kids taken are you know, drug addicts, alcoholics, you know, people addicted to alcohol or, uh, uh, you know, in poor, low-income areas and in high-crime areas. That's not, that's not true. Uh, families in, in middle-class and upper-class families in suburbs, they have their children wrongfully taken all the time because parents don't take these, these uh, inquiries uh, seriously. And once they lose the kids, it's very, very difficult to get them back. Yes. They need to take action uh, preemptively before the children are actually taken. And we have a very high success rate of keeping kids from being taken. Um, so another area is dealing with churches on you know, land use. They want to grow. They want to expand. Uh, they want to have a Bible study in the neighborhood, and they're told, no, you can't grow. You can't expand. We're not going to let you build here. We're not going to let you uh, start a, a, a ministry you know, to, uh, for this or a daycare center, um, preschool. So we, we go to bat for them all the time. We help uh, youth ministries. 
um, do evangelism in public schools, put on revival rallies in public schools that we talk all about in our book, Reclaim Your School, that people once again can download for free from our website. Um, and it's very empowering for those who want to build youth programs, reach out to youth in their public schools. Um, it's a very effective. And, uh, and in fact, we're going to be having a Zoom call, I believe, next week. Uh, people can get information on our website, but it, uh, we're going to have a Zoom call dealing with uh, the, the Satan Clubs which are now booming up across mm. the country in public schools. How do we deal with it? Who are they? What are they? And what's the most fruitful and effective way to respond? Uh, and then that's so important, so important, because we see actually great opportunities for the kingdom uh, amidst this, um, this new uh, assault, if you will, um, spiritually. So uh, those are uh, just you know so a few of the areas. Of course, business owners, we help them all the time when they want to uh, overcome hurdles. They, they they want to share their faith with their employees, their customers, but they don't know how. They don't know what to do. Um, they don't want to compromise, uh, you know, because of some new state mandate that violates their convictions. You know, we help them in private Christian schools. We helped uh, them all across the country uh, be able to open much earlier than the public schools when it came time to them being closed and uh, had a real uh, positive impact. So these are just some of the areas we get calls on and. Uh, we uh, work hard to make sure that uh, every single one of them gets uh, the assistance that they need. It's wonderful. Uh, always without charge. Yeah. I, uh, I'm reading a case here um, on your website from CPS. Um, it, it talks about Janet, a uh, devoted homeschooler, never thought she had much to worry about, and um, she thought of herself as an above-average mother, spent lots of time with her children, filed her private school affidavit as required by state law, and unfortunately, uh, she was completely unaware of the growing threat, it says, to her family autonomy. It it struck suddenly. She received a call from Child Protective Services, who asked for an appointment to visit her and her children. She agreed to let them come into her home. Uh, They had a warrant to enter the premises, and to take her three children. This this sounds like a fairy tale, a very bad fairy tale, but it apparently really happened. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunately very common. Thousands of parents, confident parents, lose their children. One study by the Department of Health and Human Services yeah, even acknowledged that most children should that are taken should not be taken. No. Um, and that, you know, even the, the, the federal agency acknowledged that. But they give $8,000 per head, the federal government does, to the local agency, $8,000 per head for every child that's taken. Oh, eight, th- eight that's grand sick. Per head. It, it is sick. It's, it's like the Oliver Twist selling kids into slavery. I mean, it's just, but that's, that's how the, the status quo presently works. And so there's no incentive. The incentive is all there to take as many as can be Correct. taken. Correct. Um, and that's what we're dealing. I used to prevent, uh, the money used to be cut off when the parents, uh, when the child was put into adoption. So kids were not being allowed out of adoption and for adoption. They were st- stayed in foster home. Well, then a law was passed in 1998. Um, the, the, those in Congress at the time said, this is outrageous, and said, no, okay, uh, CPS agency, you'll still get money if the kids are adopted. The next year, adoptions increased 400% nationwide which was an, an indicator of a, fact, a factor of how powerful the greed and money is yes. in, in, in taking these kids from families and parents in the first place. So 
So um, parents need to be aware. They need to get this information and other information about religious freedom, sanctity of human life. We help pro-life clinics all the time, pro-life counselors all the time, um, and uh, we do it all without charge. People are preaching the gospel in public places. Uh, we're the ones that defend them more than anyone else. Mm. Uh, pastors and ministers being criminally prosecuted. Uh, before the pandemic, about 30% of our cases were, were defending as criminal defendants pastors, ministers for doing the same, all the same thing, which is preaching the gospel in public places protected by the First Amendment. And we, if we didn't go in to defend these ministers and pastors, they would be put behind bars, Canada-style, but not in Canada, in the United States. I had a case out of San Antonio, Texas, El Paso, Texas, Dallas, Texas. Just because I'm licensed in Texas, I went and took those on myself. We have these all over the country, and um, people should never hesitate to contact us if they're inhibited in any way in living or sharing their faith in school, work, public places, uh, working for the government. We, uh, we take these on all the time without charge, of course. Praise God. The group is called Pacific Justice Institute. We're talking today with its president and founder, Brad Dacus. And one last time, Brad, if someone would like to learn more and also to donate, Please share once again your web address. We greatly appreciate that, and it's uh, simply pji.org, pji.org, or uh, pacificjustice.org, pacificjustice.org. Well, Brother Brad Dacus, thank you for your service to the kingdom, and may God bless you. Likewise, keep up your good work. God bless you. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.